Welcome to the Nino's Corner Podcast. This is beautiful. What is that, Velvet? Hosted by Nick, Nino's Corner Battle. Damn right. What's up, peeps? Nick Battle, a.k.a. Nino's Corner, man. It's Tuesday. Uh, it's Tuesday's episode. We're going to talk about Sunday night's Jordan Last Dance documentary. What did you guys think about that? Um, I had a day to think over it. I was going to actually do this episode on Monday morning, um, but I decided to let it simmer a little bit until Tuesday and to see what kind of discussions I got on the different social media platforms. And I got a lot of discussions on this one, guys. Um, I had a lot of friends that were talking about you know, the the Pistons, the bad boys and how the bad boys basically or the bad boys, you know, they beat up Michael Jordan and any other player that came in their way, whether it was Larry Bird, whether it was Magic Johnson, whether it was Dominique Wilkins, uh, Jordan Pippen, they beat the living crap out of him when they came through the hole. They even had Jordan rules that said Jordan was not going to beat them. They were either going to drive him to the, you know, well, not let him drive to the baseline, force him to the middle. And in the middle, you had guys like Dennis Rodman, Rick Mahorn, uh, John Sally, Bill Lambeer that would clean up the mess and basically put Jordan on his butt every time that uh, they could. So in saying that, guys, Jordan and Pippen beat um, the Pistons, I think it was in 91, uh, and, and ended up going to the finals that year and beat the Lakers in five games. Uh, but when they beat the Pistons, you know, the Pistons just walked off and they didn't shake hands. All right. So a lot of people that I know, a lot of my friends are basically saying, oh, man, F Isaiah Thomas and Lambeer's a piece of, you know what, yada, yada, Rick Mahorn this and blah, 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 blah. Right. I just want to get this narrative out the way. So in the documentary, people did see that Jordan still has uh, some kind of thing against Isaiah Thomas, which I think is ludicrous. It's 30 years past, past due. Like, hey, just let it go. You guys got the best of each other on separate occasions. Uh, Isaiah Thomas and his team got the best of Jordan. I mean, when Jordan got a squad around him and Isaiah, you know, got older and Joe Dumars got older and Dennis Rodman, he was a budding star, but he had ended up leaving. And, you know, once the core of the team, which was Lambeer, Joe Dumars and Isaiah Thomas got a little bit older. Jordan and them took over, you know. But let's let's actually rewind this when it came point when it came time for the Pistons to take over the Celtics. Every team has a team that's in front of them that they got to beat to make it right. So when the Celtics were in their glory years and Isaiah was coming up, the Celtics were beating them. It was what it was. But when the Pistons finally got over the hump and beat the Celtics, what did the Celtics do? They walked off, didn't shake hands. So where's all the F. Larry Bird comments, F. Robert Parrish comments, F. Dennis Johnson comments? Where are those? But primarily, nobody's talking about Bill Lambeer. Nobody's talking about Mahorn or Rodman. Everybody's talking about Isaiah Thomas. And it's like they – I don't know if the media wants to, uh, you know, back then and 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 even now, and even if Jordan wants this, but 
it's almost like they're playing Isaiah Thomas against Jordan, and that is uh, a travesty because Isaiah Thomas is a top five point guard of all time. And anybody who has eyes who has watched him play realizes that he is a top five point guard of all time. And to see two of the greats, two of the greatest to ever do this, uh, not have any kind of relationship is just mind boggling. So, you know, when Burton walked off, or is the comments about the Celtics being a very unprofessional team? What were the comments about when Bird and his team were starting fights also? Bird, there's plenty of, of film. Bird uh, laying, I mean, just putting a three-piece on people, you know? Uh, Bird got in a fight with, with Dr. J for crying out loud. Threw the first punch, and Dr. J put a three-piece on him. So we always get the impression when it comes to teams like the Pistons, and and there's always the impression that they were – Okay, everybody knows that they were the bad boys, but we get this impression that they were unprofessional for walking off the court that day, that they were thuggish players because they embraced a bad boy mentality. But we also had players like Larry Bird, who is one of my favorite players to ever watch, but he was no pansy. I mean, he was no pansy either. He he brought it to people. He put hands on people. He didn't shake hands after he got beat. It was part of the game. These guys were competitors, right? It was a different NBA, right? So, yeah, like where's all the backlash for Larry Bird if we're going to get the same backlash to Isaiah Thomas? You know, where's all that backlash? But I I get it. I, I, I totally understand it. Hey, Michael Jordan is the greatest player to ever play this game, right? Some some say that some some will argue that some will argue against that. There are other players who deserve to be in that conversation, too. And I think we all know that a guy like LeBron James is is going to be in that conversation. It's 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 a toss up. Who's one or two. Right. I mean, let's let's get it. I mean, it's let's just understand the whole situation. It's 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 primarily between those two guys. But I get it. Jordan is everybody's fan. And a lot of these people who are defending Jordan from the from the show last night never even watched him play. They're not even old enough to watch him play. They just know that the guy that tennis shoes that they wear was getting slammed on the ground. So, oh, my God, something has to be wrong. <laughs> something has to be wrong. The guy that's on my tennis shoe that I've never seen play a day in my life got slammed on the ground. Must be wrong. <laughs> Oh, man, think about that for a minute, guys. A lot of the people that are defending Michael Jordan have never watched him play, right? So I had a friend of mine, good friend of mine from college. You know, he's my boy, man, love him to death. But, uh, you know, I said, uh, yeah, that was a bad boy mantra for them to be rough and tough. But if he basically said that that's what Isaiah is known for, being a dirty player. And I countered him. I said, no, no, no. That's not what Isaiah's just known for. I said, the dirtiest player in that team was Bill Lambeer. You want to talk about dirty players? And, and so I sent them a YouTube clip of um, of uh, Larry Bird talking about Bill Lambeer and just saying how dirty and nasty of a player he was and that he couldn't stand him because he knew that Rick Mahorn, you know, like was a dirty player or not a dirty player, but that he was going to foul him rough. But it was um, – it was not it, it was not from ill intent. It was just a foul and rough to rough him up. He said Bill Lambeer was trying to hurt me. And so he says the dirtiest player he and he did not respect him at all. And so my homeboy says, 
people, people don't know, like people who aren't sports fans that didn't watch him play don't know who Bill Lambert is. They just know him that he's been a WNBA coach and he's successful from that. And I said, man, bull crap. If you're a sport, if you watch the WNBA, nine times out of 10, you're a real sports fan. And especially if you're a male, you're a real sports fan and you know Bill Lambert. You know bad boy Pistons. You know dude was not going to play. He's going to put them paws on you when it came time, and it was what it was. Like, no disrespect, but if you are – you're not watching the WNBA if you're not a, a fan of – a real fan of sports. You know, I like the WNBA because I think the fundamentals are there. I, I, I love to watch the WNBA, but I am a sports fan. Most people who aren't sports fans don't watch the WNBA, guys. Think about it. So for the notion to say that people only know Bill and Beard because he's a, he's a successful um, coach in the WNBA is absurd. That's like saying people who never watched Jordan are going to judge him off of him being a GM. Well, I'm sorry, uh, and an owner and a GM for the Charlotte Hornets. What kind of talent have they brought into that team? None. None. They pass up on so many players. And look at their roster now. They are not the most talented of teams. So if we're going to judge Bill Lambert from his post-playing experience, and everybody knows him because he's a WNBA coach, which is false. People who know sports know Bill Lambert as being part of the bad boy Pistons. right? Then if that's the case, if that's the only reason people know him, then – my God, people only know Jordan because if he's an exec and an owner for the Charlotte Hornets. And what kind of impression would you have on him for that? You know, I find it very funny that people hate Isaiah Thomas because he was the clear-cut best player on that team, but he wasn't the dirtiest. He didn't do the dirty work. The dirty work was done by guys like Bill Lambert and the Rodmans and the Rick Mahorns and John Sally came and played dirty too, you know, but that was part of their, their MO. That was part of the game. But I don't see any Chicago Bulls fans hating Dennis Rodman because of what they did to Scottie Pippen, throw him on the ground, throwing Jordan on the ground. Dennis Rodman is one of the most beloved Bulls to ever play. People love Dennis Rodman in Chicago. Why? Because he helped bring them championships. They weren't hating him then. They didn't hate Dennis Rodman then. When he walked off the court, the Bulls fans didn't hate him then. They didn't hate him when he won championships with him. Bulls fans hate Isaiah Thomas because Michael Jordan does not like Isaiah Thomas. That's it. And guys, we all know what, what the rumors are with Michael Jordan and Isaiah Thomas. The rumors are that Isaiah Thomas did not get a bid to go to the uh, dream team or to be on the dream team because Michael Jordan didn't want him there. And no disrespect to some of the guys in the dream team, but let's keep it real. I love John Stockton. Love him to death. Was he Zeke? No. I love Chris Mullen. He was a great player. Was he Isaiah Thomas? No. Let's keep it 100. Let's keep it a buck. Isaiah Thomas was not in that team because Michael Jordan didn't want him to be. Isaiah Thomas was one of the top five point guards of all time. If you had an option to take John Stockton as your point guard or Isaiah Thomas in their prime, who are you taking? Isaiah Thomas. He won rings. He was the best player on the team that won rings. John Stockton was the second best player in his team. Not to, not to take anything away from John Stockton, but he was the second best player on his team. And there's only two Hall of Famers in that team, and that's him and that's Carmelo. Malone. But guess what? 
Guess what? Isaiah Thomas is two Hall of Fame, is three Hall of Famers on his team. He was the best out of all of them. Think about that for a minute. All right, guys, let's go to a quick commercial break, man, and we'll come back over and talk about some more things. All right, guys, and we're back, man. Let's talk a little bit more about this uh, special, the Last Stand special. We had episodes three and four um, on Sunday. Um, let's talk about Phil Jackson, man. What a leader. What an amazing leader, man. You know, being a good leader, man, you have to know the pulse, the attitudes, what makes the people of your organization click. And this is not about sports, guys. Not about sports at all. This is about life. Phil Jackson, what a hell of a leader, man. He understood that if he wanted to get the best out of uh, Rodman, if he wanted the best out of Dennis Rodman, he had to let him be free. He had to let him be free. He got to let him run. Certain players tick in certain ways. Some players need structure. Some players don't need anything to be great. Some players just need to be on the on the court or be in their respective field to be great. They don't need the guidance. They got it all up here, all in their head, guys. They got it all in their heads. There are some guys who are just that talented to where you can teach me everything, but I already know the information. And I think that was what Dennis Rodman was. Dennis Rodman was probably one of the most misunderstood players to ever play this game, one of the most underappreciated players to ever play this game, probably the greatest on-ball defender to ever – well, the greatest on-ball defender in his generation. The guy could guard shooting guards down to centers, and we've all seen it happen. We've all seen him guard centers. We've all seen him guard the power forwards. Dennis Rodman was nowhere near the size of Carmelo, and he gave him fits. Dennis Rodman was one of the smartest players out there, and Phil Jackson realized that. He had a point He had a, a point in the documentary where uh, – you know, Pippen was gone, had the surgery, was kind of holding out for some money, you know, and understandably so. He comes back. And Robin is, is kind of in his feelings because him and Jordan had, had gotten this really, really good bond. And when Pippen came back, Dennis Robin was downgraded to the third wheel now. And Jordan's, um, all of Jordan's, um, Efforts and his attention went to Pippen. You know, Pippen's his man. He's been there since 86 with him, right? So Robin felt some kind of way. So he goes and tells Phil Jackson, hey, I need a vacation, 48 hours in Vegas. And they say Michael Jordan's like, hmm, if you let him go 40 hours, he ain't coming back in two days, all right? He ain't coming back in two days. We don't see that guy for a while. Like 60, 72 hours passed, and Jordan had to go get him. And, uh, you know, but Dennis Rodman came to practice that day in his pajamas and he balled out, you know. But after his mind was clear, the Bulls went back on a championship run and won their last championship, that, you know, that the Bulls have won. Uh, so that's what the 98 year. So some players, you know, you have to treat differently. It's just like having kids, guys. You know, if any of you, if any of you guys have kids, or if any of you are uh, a child um, who has brothers and sisters, you know that your parents didn't treat all of you the same. And we all know it that your parents treated 
one a certain way, one a certain way, the other a certain way. Even your grandparents, they treated one grandchild a certain way, one grandchild a little rougher. The, the one that needed some structure was the one that you treated a little rougher. The one that you knew I could leave in a room or I can put him in a crowd full of 100 people and he's not going to embarrass me. He doesn't need all the structure. So you know how to raise your kids. You know how to how to raise your grandchildren. You know how to treat uh, your your subordinates the way that they're supposed they're they're supposed to be treated to be successful. You know how to motivate the people around you. That's what it being a good leader is, and that's what Phil Jackson was. Phil understood that I I gotta let Robin do him to get the best out of him. I gotta let him go drink beer and ride motorcycles and go to Vegas for a couple of days and loosen his head up. As long as he's here for the playoffs, we're going to kick some butt. And that's what he needed. Uh, same thing with, let's say, Scottie Pippen. You know, so Michael Jordan made a um, a statement that uh, Scottie Pippen, one of the smartest players to play this game, one of the best wing defenders to ever play this game. If not, he was the best small forward wing defender that we've ever seen. I think the closest guy to him is Kawhi Leonard. And I, I love Kawhi, but he's no Pippen when it comes to guarding people. Pippen guarded the point guard down to the power forward and did it flawlessly. And I always make a joke about uh, Pippen and Jordan when it comes to defensive side of the ball. I say Pippen had the hardest job when it, when it came to the game. He guarded the, the best player on the opposing team the entire game. And got no credit for it. And then anytime the pitchers would come out, Jordan would would, would swap out and guard this guy for the last two minutes of the game and get all the credit. You know, I always said that. Pippen was a monster. I mean, kudos to Pippen. Um, and people didn't really see how good he could have been by himself. People don't want to realize that when Jordan left, Pippen won 55 games by himself. He was the only player on that team, him and Horace Grant, but he was the only superstar on that team. He was probably the best player in the league that year. I think he led the team in points, assists, rebounds, and steals. Had one of the greatest uh, individual uh, seasons for a player on a team um, where he – was Mr. Everything and won 55 games without Jordan. That kind of tells you the squad that Jordan had around him, guys. To say that he was playing with Mince Meat is ridiculous. The team won 55 games without him. Went to the Eastern Conference semifinals and should have went to the Eastern Conference finals if they didn't get that bad call from the refs. So let's keep it real. Let's keep it 100. But um, in saying that, man, Phil Jackson knew what it knew what it took to get these guys up and playing. He knew that he could – he had to coach Jordan hard because when you coach your star hard and, you, and your star falls in line and kind of realizes what he has to do to and to make this 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 team win, um, then everybody else falls in line. Uh, Pippen needed uh, people around him to encourage him. It's like Pippen. It's like going to a bar fight, right? Pippen wouldn't fight that guy by himself. He wouldn't even attempt to even make a scene with that guy. But when his boys are around, he's tough. And that, that's not a knock on Pippen. He just needed some He needed some encouragement to be great. And once he knew he was great and he had the guys to pick him up off the ground when he got slammed off the ground and, 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 and help him out, pat him on the head and say it's going to be a good it, – it's, it's going to be okay. We saw the greatness of Pippen. And thank God we saw the greatness of Pippen because he's one of the greatest players to ever play this game. All right, guys. So, one thing that got me about this uh, this whole um, 
you know, the whole Last Dance film is uh, John Paxson came on and basically said that the triangle offense allowed uh, the player with the ball in his hands to make the correct play all the time. And so he said the greatness of Jordan came out when he started to realize that other players can make plays and that his greatness, he could find an open guy. And in that Lakers series, they showed, um, uh, I guess, game four and five where Jordan was driving to the hole and he kick out. And he said, you know, like Phil Jackson basically said, Paxton's wide open, kick out the Paxton. And Paxton just hit everything that, you know, like that was thrown to him. And what was funny to me was that's when Paxton was like, and that's the greatness of Jordan, is that when, when he figured out that he could trust his other players, then that's when he, he started to become great. So I kind of laughed and I told my wife, I said, this is kind of funny because it's like the same thing that, you know, I think the greatest player of this generation is is LeBron and, and Jordan is definitely the greatest player of his generation. But that's what LeBron does. And he gets he gets beat up for it. He gets beat up for being the guy who makes the right play and trusts his players. <laughs> I find it freaking funny. Uh, he gets beat up for it. Uh, I love both players, so guys, uh, I would have loved to have seen what LeBron would have done in that era at that size. Uh, I, lo- I would have loved to have seen if Jordan could have developed a three point shot and extended his 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 game to the three point line. And see how that would work in today's style. Man, it would have been amazing to see those two play against each other. A couple of years too late, right? But um, interesting conversation, guys. Interesting conversation. I know that we're talking about Phil Jackson and, and, and his leadership style. But like I said, man, great leaders, great leaders know how to motivate the their subordinates and the people that work for them. Um, that's what separates the good leaders from the great leaders. And if you're a great leader, you know that to make Dennis Rodman go 100%, he needs to be able to have a little bit of freedom. To make Scottie Pippen go 100%, he needs to be um, shown that they love him and care for him and that they got his back no matter what. And Jordan, for him to be 100%, you got to let him know that he's the alpha and let him know that he's that guy and nobody's messing with him. You know, and to let a Paxson be 100%, you just need to know that he feels wanted and he knows that if he is open, he's able to hit that shot and the ball is going to come to him if he is open. Um, and Cartwright is just like he was one of the glue players. He was he was great. Horace Grant was another guy who, um, once he figured out that uh, he didn't have to show his emotions, you know, then you know you got him beat, meaning that you got Detroit beat. So, man, what a what a series, guys. I am so waiting for episode five and six that's coming up this Sunday. Man, it's going to be amazing. I cannot wait to watch it. I really can, guys. Man, it's been a pleasure, pleasure talking to you guys today about this, man. It's a great, a great subject and a great series, man. I, I can't wait for episode five and six. But I got some things that I got in store for you guys. I think I'm going to try to do some reaction videos of, of some shows that I love. I have some guilty pleasure shows I love, guys. I love to watch two shows. Don't don't look at me different when I tell you. I love to watch 60 Days In, one of my favorite shows to watch. And I love to watch Naked and Afraid. I know. I know. Naked and Afraid. I know. Naked and Afraid is one of my favorite shows. I watch it every Sunday. Ask my wife. Two hours every Sunday I watch. So, um. I guess I'm kind of waiting for somebody to get attacked by like a wild animal. I know. Call me uh, an asshole for that. But um, yeah, 
anyways, I don't know how we got on that. But yeah. <laughs> you guys know how I end all these things. Let's go ahead and end this episode right now. <laughs> you guys are, you guys know how I always end the stuff, man. I ended on, on the do you message, guys. D, don't be afraid to fail. I grow your environment and understand your brilliance, man. D-O-U, do you. All right, man. So on that note, man, Nino's Corner, I am out. Salute to all you guys. Do you. You have a blessed day. Nino's Corner, 